Welcome aboard this month's PAX Week Views podcast. Looking after you today, a host of leading industry experts will offer their views on the trends and technologies improving the passenger journey. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the in-flight entertainment. Welcome to the PAX Week Views podcast. Today we are joined by Fabio Gamba, Managing Director of the Airline Catering Association and Airport Services Association. Fabio has more than 30 years experience in the aviation industry, having worked for the Association of European Airlines, the European Business Aviation Association, Skyguide and Boeing. He joins us today to discuss the role of the Airline Catering Association to represent, promote and defend the common interests of the airline catering industry and the biggest trends impacting its members today. Fabio, many thanks for joining us. I'm going to jump straight in. Um, if we can start with a bit of background on the Airline Catering Association, um, so perhaps how and why it was formed. Okay, it was formed officially in December 2017 by five um, airline catering providers, Donata, Donco, Gate Group, um, LSG Group and New Rest. And it was launched as a non-profit organization uh, for the in-flight catering industry, obviously. And I personally joined the association as the managing director in March 2018, so four months after the creation. Of course, we chose to have it in Brussels, and that was, I believe, a good indication of why we decided to uh, create this uh, association. I think it was an indication of the original intent of the, um, I would call them founding fathers, to establish ACA um, as a trade body with the aim to offer, um, you know, what typically such other trade bodies do i.e. the promotion of the common interests of the industry in a number of matters such as obviously um, food, health and safety issues, environmental concerns and and so on. And why was it felt that the association was needed? Well, I think I I needed a bit of that. I mean, for the most classical of reasons, um, first and foremost, to ensure that the industry gets the influence and the visibility that it deserves. Um, Until recently, caterers were a mere division of airlines. We should never forget that. And they had, as such, no legal personality of their own. Uh, And with the first wave of airline privatization that occurred in the late 80s or early 90s, and the uh, ensuing flux of outsourcing the 90s, the first independent catering companies really started to emerge then. But the market was still very much in the hands of airlines and catering divisions. Uh, and that until the early 2000s. But granted, that was actually already long overdue by 2018. Um, And as providers to airlines, and and I must say it's such a a cutthroat competitive uh, environment, airline caterers have progressively realized that actually all out competition is good, if not necessary from an economic standpoint, but it shouldn't be done at the expense of the industry's core business or the industry's raison d'etre, like food quality and safety in premise. And these values must be applied globally, and that requires that standards be drafted, be applied, uh, and so on and so forth. So I think it goes actually beyond safety and quality. A coordinated approach on these key technical policy and industry matters is probably the only way that the industry can impose itself determine these very standards that would otherwise be imposed on it 
by either the regulators or the airlines themselves. And we believe, we hope, we trust that ACA will gradually fulfill this role. So just over two years on, how many businesses are now members? Um, I know you've touched upon some of the companies you're working with, but can you perhaps give some more examples? So I mentioned them. Uh, we've had two add-ons with Saudi Airlines Catering and Cerver. Uh, recently, we're discussing discussing sorry with uh, another three at this stage. Uh, obviously, I cannot make uh, any names yet. Hopefully, we'll still be able to make um, you know, a number of... Um, uh, announcements. I think it's important to say that the members today are responsible for around two-thirds of the world's in-flight catering markets and that includes or that represents around 100,000 employees worldwide. Together we have calculated that our members are responsible for around 4 million meals a day. That's around 1.7 billion meals per year and if you want to compare, there are today a bit more than 4 billion passengers. So we're providing, you know, pretty much half of what the passengers are eating on board. Now, to be fair, whilst a high number of industry members is important to, to us, obviously, for obvious reasons, uh, this is not something that we're paying too much attention to. Uh, we believe that today, uh, because we're still a very uh, young and fledgling association, laying the groundwork for a sound uh, and sustainable uh, trade body is uh, much more important at this very early stage. As said before though, we're now, and that was not the case a year ago, we're now welcoming new like-minded caterers on board. Fantastic. And for those caterers and companies that are joining you, what are the key benefits um, of being a member of the association? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's obviously the question that everyone is asking. And this is a legitimate question, of course. Um, I, I guess my first answer to that is to answer with another question. Can you, can we afford not to belong to a group that debates, that reflects, or that helps delineate the contours of the future of the industry? And especially at a time of pressure, increasing pressure from our customers, themselves confronted to a revolution every decade or so since the deregulation of the industry. I guess the answer is in the question, right? <laughs> uh, but perhaps more concretely, there are probably a couple of aspects uh, that we can put forward. We are discussing today with the airline's trade body, IATA, not to name it. Together, we are, we want at least to shape a template that um, both airlines and caterers uh, will find useful to apply without each time having to reinvent the wheel. Um, these are long-term negotiations and the, the, the interesting bit here is that only ACA members have a direct say in the ongoing discussion. So if you're an airline catering company out there and uh, you for any reason believe this is an important topic, and I believe every uh, caterers believe so, you know, joining ACA uh, will give you a say in, in these negotiations. Also, we're promoting a collective rethinking of the whole food processing, processing that we call farm to fork, with the creation of ad hoc working groups on those aspects. And we're trying to find out, to identify all the pain points that caterers uh, may find in this, uh, in this process. Uh, typically, uh, such things like nominated products, for instance, or uh, allergens, the treatment of allergens, which can really be problematic and which necessitates 
in my opinion, and I guess in everyone's opinion, a collective approach, which is exactly what we're doing with our workshop. And this workshop is going to be held in February. However, after this workshop, will be pushed by ACA members. So in other words, you will have to be a member if you want to be part of the um, working groups. Um, and then perhaps the, the, the third uh, reason is that we today recognize our interlocutor to a number of regulators, for instance, the European Commission, on a number of dossiers, such as, for instance, the question of single-use plastics, which is something that I suppose we're going to be discussing in a few uh, minutes, or also the one on reporting, analysis, and follow-up of occurrences in aviation. And also, not to mention, I must say, the relationship that we have somehow indirectly via IFSA with the FAA, or the Food and Drug Administration in the US, or as well with EASA in the European Union. So I guess I've given <laughs> a relatively uh, exhaustive uh, number of reasons of why it's important to join ACA. Well, it sounds like there are a lot of reasons for companies to consider joining you. Um, you've touched upon some of the biggest issues the industry is currently facing. What, in your opinion, are the standout challenges facing airlines and caterers, and how are you helping them face these issues? I know you've touched upon facilitating the conversation, but can you perhaps give um, any examples from the association's experience to date? Yes. First of all, I think we need to keep in mind that you know airline catering is, is really a fascinating business. Um, it has shown incredible adaptability and incredible resilience to the dynamics, changing dynamics within the aviation industry. And all that whilst mastering many of the logistical challenges that entails. Now, the real difficulty for, for um, caterers is to avoid the traps of the race to the bottom that uh, all-out competition uh, and the growing requirements of customers leads to. One of the features of this industry is that the margins are so lean that anything that is not totally related to delivery to the customers is to be considered or has been and still is unfortunately considered as a nefarious uh, irritant. And I must say that having five major caterers agree to divest part of their means to a cause which by definition is oriented to mid to long-term reflections, required at the, at the time and still does require some, some courage. Uh, and to be frank, it was far from being a given. What I mean here is that the idea of an association didn't impose itself automatically, like for instance in other perhaps more mature markets and industries. And I can still see today, to be honest, some uh, diffidence uh, within the, uh, the industry. Uh, it's, I think it's simply not a mindset that they're used to have, and that takes quite some efforts to explain and to try and convince. But I'm definitely sure we'll get there. And it's obviously easier to do it once the major companies are back in Europe. So in terms of the challenges ahead, you've touched upon margins, which is an ongoing issue for, for the wider industry, as well as single-use plastics. In your opinion, what are the challenges facing your members in 2020 and beyond? Beyond 2020, I think the main challenge I can foresee is to transition from the race to the bottom approach that we are currently in to one to the top. So, so, so to sort of change uh, upside down things. Uh, um, and by race to the top, I mean serving better and tastier food, and especially in a more sustainable way, whilst obviously maintaining high safety and security standards and all that. 
and, and that should become the rule. So, so sustainability in particular will um, most likely shape the discussions and, and be on top of the aviation agenda. And not only for caterers, by the way. So aspects such as food waste or the use of plastics are already essential themes today, uh, but they will be uh, ever more so in, in the future. And obviously, ACA can play and, can, and will play a role on these topics. Certainly not in terms of R&D and work on new materials, obviously, but in terms of legislation and in terms of defining common position. Absolutely. Sustainability is a big issue across the industry. Are you seeing airline caterers rising to this challenge and taking the steps to, to become more sustainable already? Oh, definitely. I mean, all our members, I think it's fair to say that they're engaged individually uh, in various initiatives uh, in improving uh, their business sustainability uh, because they are conscious of their impact on the overall structure. And, and to be honest, they're also expected by not only the industry, but also the passenger uh, to show that doing their parts. Now, I won't talk about these initiatives because they, they, are, they are individual initiatives uh, and I'm not very well placed to talk about that. What I can do uh, though, uh, is to talk about what we are doing as ACA. And before I do this, I think we need to keep in mind that we are obviously at the very beginning of the process uh, for obvious reasons. We've just been established two years ago, right? So I think it's fair to say that we're looking into four direct, um, different directions. In par- I mean, parallel directions. Uh, the first of all, first, uh, first and foremost, I would say the sustainability of the products, um, and that means the food that we're as caterers are delivering. That's a very vast topic, uh, as you may imagine, and that entails uh, a lot of different aspects. Uh, from the farmers and the way that they are growing their crop to the producers, the way the food is transported, whether it's with diesel or electric engines, the cooling chain, the preparation board, the cleaning of the tableware, uh, the treatments of waste, recycling, etc. You know, all that could constitute uh, a chain or an element, sorry, in the chain of sustainability. Uh, and the difficulty here is really to try and identify the right fights We've identified mainly five, which is known unknown suppliers, allergens, special meals, nominate products, and the waste management. I'll come back on that. Um, the second uh, bit is that um, is CO2. Uh, currently, in people's minds, sustainability equals CO2 emission, right? And we can't afford to be seen at the margin of the efforts that our customers are conducting via, for instance, Corsia, uh, you know, the uh, ICAO um, uh, scheme. Uh, we're currently in advanced discussion, actually, as a matter of fact, with our airport partners to determine if and how we as ACA uh, and our sister association, ASA, for the ground handlers, can possibly join their now relatively mature program that is called Airport Carbon Accreditation Program, which is a voluntary initiative that is aiming at eventually achieving carbon neutrality at given airports, like all the CO2 that is emitted within the airport's control. And I'm hopeful that by the first quarter of 2020 or so, that we will be able to come up with an announcement of some sort. The third one is, and that's perhaps the most visible part of the iceberg, if I may say, is the contribution to the gradual ban of single-use plastics. Uh, And it may appear as 
probably is a no-brainer today, but I can tell you it requires a lot of thinking on how we can possibly do that. It's really a complex thing, but definitely we're doing our bit here. And if I may go back to the waste that I mentioned before, you know, that there's a lot of unused food and drink on board that contributes significantly actually to the waste. Uh, we know that an average passenger produces around 1.5 kilograms of waste. Um, and 25% or one fourth of that is untouched food and drink. Um, so this could either be uh, reused, for instance, or redistributed in a safe way. But due to some, uh, some conflicting uh, legislation, we do not have that flexibility and we are forced to incinerate this waste. So I guess that there's a lot that we can do there, but it has to be sort of conducted and helped and supported by a, a more flexible legislation. And this is something that ACA is trying to do as well with, uh, with IATA. Well, it sounds like good progress is being made within the industry. Um, you've mentioned food waste and plastics, and we know there are lots of steps being taken by both suppliers and caterers to look at alternative materials and personalised services to help reduce waste, for example. Are there any key innovations or developments that have stood out, not only since the start of the association, but perhaps within your wider career in aviation? Um, I mean, definitely, yes. Um, I think that's one thing that's you know, springs to mind is the rise of onboard retail food that uh, is different and that is new or novelty today when compared to say 20 years ago for instance with the rapid rise of uh, low-cost carriers but even though I'm mentioning this actually that's more a, a logical consequence rather than a real innovation of the industry I believe that the real innovation of the 21st century is perhaps not one that is really visible but it's the understanding by the airlines that the passenger experience, which is a relatively novel concept, can make and will make a difference to them and is a strong differentiator. It actually is only coming second to price. And they also, the understanding that the quality and the diversity of food on board, not only in business class, is absolutely key and central to that passenger experience. Hence, this tendency to spend more and to require more with obviously a positive knock-on effect to the whole uh, catering value chain. I think it's fair to say that the business has been profoundly reshaped uh, relatively recently. Uh, In-fly catering has sped up processes and gone above actually in ensuring food safety and sustainability through uh, the introduction of technology implementations and greater digitalization. That's, that's an important element of this. I guess it's not obviously uh, unique to um, catering, but it's certainly something that has reshaped, helped reshape the, the way that we're providing um, our products. For instance, airlines have taken the initiative through a new customer design dinnerware, upgraded cutlery and placemats, vamped menus, and so on and so forth. And this has made it possible to include more variety and healthier food options to cater for passengers, taste preferences, etc. And I think what will we see in the future that the passenger will be more and more, how do you say that? He, he, will, he will have more and more personal expectations and will not satisfy himself with simply uh, a menu with two options, either chicken or pasta, as we, we have traditionally seen in the past. And, and that's, I think that these are, are important innovations that we will gradually see more and more on board. You touched upon um, how technology is transforming the passenger and cabin experience. 
what impact is this having on the catering industry and driving airline catering and perhaps the options for passengers on board? Well, obviously, I think that one major aspect here is the rise of internet, where, where people then have a direct access or can have a direct access to a variety of menus that um, you know in, in the past they didn't have to, uh, didn't have access to. So, for instance, when now you're booking your tickets, um, you're being offered uh, on more and more occasions uh, the possibility to um, you know choose your menus and to say whether you need a, a special um, you know menus, whether you have um, you are allergic to to something, and so on and so forth. So. So I think the relationship between the caterer and the passenger, which um, in the past didn't exist really, was just a dotted line, uh, but the real relationship was between the passenger and the company, so much so that whenever you were dissatisfied with something that you had eaten, you would immediately think of the airline and obviously not uh, of the one who prepared the food uh, in people's minds. Uh, this was not existence, right? It was it was the airline's uh, responsibility. Today, you can see that this dotted line between the the, um, the caterer and the passenger is becoming uh, more and more solid, and um, we as caterers understand more and more the dynamics and the trends and the tastes of the passenger, and we are more and more capable of responding to that differing taste and more and more able to to, to separate and, and to, to make varying uh, menus on demand. So that, that's where I believe uh, the technology and the digitization is bringing us uh, to a, a really a different relationship, a more direct relationship between the caterer and the passenger. That's a very interesting point. Are you seeing more involvement between caterers and passengers in order to understand the needs and desires um, of those traveling with airlines today? Well, definitely, yes. And I think this is, uh, this is a win-win uh, situation whereby it's, I should, I should, I should say a win-win-win situation. It's definitely better for the passenger because the passenger then can have not only the traceability of the products, which is another thing that uh, we're going to, uh, he will want to know where his meat is coming from, how the pork or the, um, the cow or you know whatever has been uh, has been grown and, and uh, fed and this type of things. Uh, but it's also a win for the airline, who will then see that he is gradually, let's say, deresponsibilized from uh, the relationship they have with their passengers, and that is uh, a direct connection with the caterer. So. Um, He's not accused each time there's something going wrong. Um, so it improves the passenger experience. And it's a win for us because then we are closer to our customer and the customer not being the airline this time, but more the passenger. And hence we understand his taste uh, better and we can anticipate things. So I, I think that, yes, with the personalization uh, of the products, there's also come the, uh, the traceability of the product and hence a better working triangle between the uh, passenger, the airline and the caterer. That certainly does sound like a win-win-win, as you say, situation for all. Well, definitely. Um, I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, making sense and giving each uh, other uh, the role and the responsibility that incomes to him. Uh, previously, that was 
uh, occulted by the fact that airlines were in charge of their passenger experience and you know uh, and that was it uh, so we're just um, asked to provide as i said a chicken or the usual chicken or pasta that type of thing that is, I think, uh, you know, pretty much the 20th century, and we're really going into something that is totally different. You mentioned some of the workshops that the association is hosting. Um, are there any other promotional campaigns or events over the coming months that will appeal to potentially new members that you can tell us about? We are looking at this uh, workshop bit as a ground zero event, uh, where, if I may say, you know, Aka is going to make his, his coming out, right? We're gonna we're gonna really try and pose the problem as, hey guys, we've never really discussed that together. We've always considered ourselves as uh, competitors. And we've never really taken the time to ask ourselves the most basic questions. The only thing that we've done so far, uh, and this is all credits to IFSA, is to try and come up with standards or guidelines, if you will, on the world, on the food safety. And this is a brilliant document that is being updated every two years, I think. But that was it. And this has shown that the catering industry has the possibility, when it takes the time, to uh, be heard and to really make a difference. And so we thought, you know, ACA's main role is precisely this, to make sure that we are being heard. The first thing that we need to do is to look at ourselves and to look at our production chain and see what is working and what is not working or working less well. And to try and identify these points, these pain points, and try and come up with solutions, fixes, by creating, proposing standards, norms, best practices, by uh, editing uh, reports and uh, common positions and so on and so forth. But in order to, to be there and to do that, we first and foremost need to sit at the same table. And that, that's never really been done before. And this time around, we really decided not to have, if you will, the strategic part being discussed, but really the technical, operational, and even legal topics being debated by the subject matter experts. And from there on, we'll see how ACA can then deploy uh, and propose working groups to really try and look at the nitty gritty of these, uh, of these various pain points and the various barriers that we are, we're all agreeing to be faced with in our, in our value chain, if you will. Well, it certainly sounds like you're working towards facilitating those conversations and encouraging tangible change for the benefit of the industry. Indeed, but I believe that's somehow the role of a trade body to offer a roof, a common roof under which these discussions can take place. And it's an important aspect of an association. I mean, just like IASA or ACI for airlines or airports, what we're trying to provide here is really to have a common roof uh, without which these discussions would be extremely difficult to have, um, simply because there would be no a framework um, under which or, or through which these uh, these debates could take place uh, amongst competitors. So, so what we're trying to do is really to lift a bit the debate and to offer them the insurance. So all this is being debated with the sole objective of uh, the common, um, let's say, benefits of, of the industry, and that's an important one. So, so yes, I mean logistically. 
uh, strategically, all this is, uh, is a lot of work, but that's, that's the real raison d'etre of, of the association, right? Absolutely. So how can caterers uh, or other relevant businesses find out more and get involved in the, in the conversation and the work of the association? Well, that's, that's pretty easy. <laughs> they just have to raise their hands <laughs> uh, and contact uh, the secretariats. Uh, and say um, their, their interests. Um, what typically happens is that um, we, we'd love to uh, connect with like-minded uh, catering companies. We are uh, opening up now. Um, we were not uh, doing that uh, one year ago. Uh, we were just simply still in the shaping uh, period and, and mood. But now that we believe we have more solid grounds, we want to have other members join and uh, if possible members who believe in multilateralism and that is as i said before not a given Uh, not everyone believes in multilateralism but i I certainly do believe and it would be weird if i didn't that the future is going to be multilateralism and so just raise their hands and contact us and say i'm interested and uh, and that's as easy as that Fantastic. Well, we very much look forward to seeing how the association evolves and grows in the future. Looking ahead to WTCE, the World Travel Catering and Onboard Services Expo, what are you most looking forward to at this year's event? Well, well, with that surprise, I suppose that sustainability will be the common thread uh, or the guiding thread uh, of the whole uh, of the whole show. Um, I've been uh, kindly um, asked to participate in a roundtable that is precisely <laughs> on sustainability. Uh, and I think it's normal. I think that the industry is asking itself a lot of questions. Where are we going? How that will change our core business? Uh, how we will have to adapt to that? And the past has shown that, as I said, the industry is extremely resilient. So there's no worry to have on that. It's just that it's something that we need to discuss and it's something that we need to come up with common solutions, not only individuals, but individual ones, but, but there are a lot of things to be discussed and to be uh, implemented commonly. Unfortunately, I think we're out of time on today's episode. Um, thank you again for joining us on the podcast, Fabio, and we look forward to hearing more about sustainability at the Passenger Experience Conference on the 30th of March. And of course, seeing the latest developments and innovations at WTCE. With pleasure, absolutely. You can join us again on the next PAX Week Views podcast as we welcome more industry experts to discuss the next steps in the evolution of the passenger experience. You can also find out more about the Passenger Experience Conference, Aircraft Interiors Expo and the World Travel Catering and Onboard Services Expo, which return to Hamburg from the 30th of March to the 2nd of April 2020. Head to the show websites by visiting www.aircraftinteriorsexpo.com or www.worldtravelcateringexpo.com. We look forward to seeing you there.